Hello, James here, and welcome to the James Cast. What is lined up for you today is a conversation that I had with Dr. Louise Lambert here in Dubai at the Rove Hotel. And we were talking about the role of psychology today. We're talking about positivism, we're talking about happiness, we're talking about leadership, and we're talking about it all from, you know, our perspectives as two academics who are trying to make a difference. It was kind of fun. We're fellow Canadians, and you never know where a conversation like this goes. What differentiates this podcast from its original version on Podaholics is I've added the pre-roll. So enjoy. This is the James Cast with Dr. Louise Lambert. It's called Catching Up. I like it. That's, you know, it's kind it's of fun. better just to wing it. Well, it's kind of how I live my life. Just I have no idea what I'm doing today. Just going to wing it. And as long as you look good when you do it, people think, oh, that's good. And you're like, yeah. Here we go. I like that. Here, I'm gonna, you know what? I'm, gonna, I'm just going to start the show the way we usually do it, and then we'll go for a bit and see where we go. Okay. And, and and look, you can yeah, if you want to go off on a tangent. Oh, I do that a lot. You, know, you just want to talk about Lethbridge for a while? Then we can okay. talk Lethbridge. Cause did you do your PhD in Lethbridge? <laughs> no. Uh, so Calgary. Calgary. Yeah. And okay. then uh, in the States. But yeah, yeah. No, yeah. We'll, let's leave it to Canada. <laughs> We could, you know, we can go in any direction you want. It's okay. like, I'm, I'm totally game. So Perfect. it's, it's kind of easy. So uh, let's, let's do this. Okay. Oh, look at that. Nice music and a little bit of a groove, which means catching up time. And today I'm catching up with Dr. Louise Lambert. And we're going to be talking psychology. We're going to be talking Canada. We're going to be talking living in the UAE. We're going to be talking about getting your groove on and a whole bunch more. This is catching up. On Potaholics. This is kind of funny because we there we were two weeks ago. When I barged in rudely. I was recording the show with yes. the guys down in the lobby of the Rove Hotel downtown. I stalked you on LinkedIn. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and said, I know you. <laughs> exactly. And you should interview me. And here I am. Pretty much. That that pretty much is exactly how it happened. <laughs> and and lo and behold, here we are. And it was it's funny because we got talking and you know, talk about things and realize, oh, okay, we're both Canucks and yeah. not necessarily Canuck fans, but no. uh, and not the team. You know, right. Like, what are you, Calgary fan? Uh, oh, am I allowed to say that? Um, oh, you can say whatever you okay, want. Okay, but both. I'm a bipartisan. <laughs> can bipartisan. I say that? <laughs> oh, you see, so Canadian. You're on the fence. Yes, you, you know? can't have an opinion. Everyone, you have to be polite. Everyone's very good. Everyone tries hard. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, you spend your day, uh, psychology professor, positive psychology, mm -hmm. of course, at yes. United Arab Emirates University yeah. in Elaine online these days. Uh -huh. I spend my time at Zayed University online these days. So we've pretty much got a parallel well, life and, and we've got two institutions of higher education in the UAE working together today. Perfect. Uh, it's that's a, collaboration. <laughs> National collaboration. It, I think that's that a checkoff sheet, right? Yes. Isn't that one of the boxes we have to check? <laughs> Met objectives for the end, for the year. Ding. <laughs> oh, man. we're still getting a promotion. Yeah, I've I, I got it for sure. Yeah, no, what? Hold on. We've also given publicity to our respective universities. Yes, we did. Hold it. That's we have, double point. Do we have to get clearance if we talk about it? Is it oh dear. Yeah, yeah. We'll just don't <laughs> just, advertise just, this. Just, just a point away. <laughs> <laughs> okay, oh we're still getting in trouble. <laughs> Okay, next question. 
No, it's, it's funny because as, as, as one does when you get stalked and, and you know, the same thing, what's the first thing you do? You go to the bio and, and yep. LinkedIn or wherever. And, and, and it was funny because you were also at the Canadian university for a while. Yes, I was. Which I was all, I interviewed to work there. Did you? I did. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I was did. Was I on your interview panel? Oh. No, I don't think so. Okay, good. No, I don't think so. This was this was quite a few years ago. Oh, I totally would have hired you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. By the way, um, for any audience members, he's dressed like a Hawaiian surfer boy today. So this yeah. is like all the time. I, you know, it's funny because my students will see me when we do our video things. I don't see them necessarily, but they see me. Right. And I just have, you know, like a hundred of these shirts. So I just swap them in and out Perfect. and and matching face bands. Yes. And some, some of them actually match the shirts. The, That's the amazing. Masks. Well, you had a little bow tie one on yeah. last yeah. time. Yeah. yeah. Very nice. So. I need to work on my coordination of masks and clothes. It's a, <laughs> it's a new fashion statement now. It is. There are, there are the accessories. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. What, what, what brought you to the UAE in the first place? Oh goodness. I yeah. was in Calgary. Okay, well, that's enough said. There yeah, you go. There you go. <laughs> I've come from Ontario, right? Oh, Ontario, okay. Quebec. So rural, it's like rural, rural. Okay. <laughs> At least we have mountains, but uh, I was just bored. Yeah. For no other reason. Just I bored. was just bored and I'm like, you know what? I think it's time to shake things up a little bit. Where should I go? What should I do? And I knew someone at the time who knew of a friend of a friend of a friend, somebody who had been in the UAE, and they're like, wow, it's amazing. And I'm like, the UAE, the what? <laughs> Never heard of it. Yeah. Uh, you know, had to, uh, did we have Google back then? I'm not sure. This is in 2003. <laughs> I probably opened the paper atlas. I'm like, where is this? Yeah. And suddenly I just thought, I need to go there. And then that's where it started. So I actually started at HCT oh, okay. in 2003. Dubai or Abu Dhabi? No, You were at HCT in LA. Yep. Nice. And then uh, kind of, you know, back and forth. And then Canadian University, five yeah. years. And then uh, UAU. Yeah. That's a long time. Yeah. So here I am. Yeah. Huh. Total of 10 years. My wow. gosh, a decade. When you look back at it. You've done a lot of cool things. I mean, you're, I you're working with a journal, you're, you're editor of a journal here. It's yep. in the region. It creates opportunities for scholars in the Middle East to get published. Sure. And it's cool stuff in there, actually. Yeah. Actually, that's probably the thing I'm the most proud of because uh, that was not easy to get up and going. And it was certainly the first in the region, yeah. but also in a new field. I think that was the hardest bit. Um, people are like, positive, what? I'm like, why do I always pick things no one ever knows about? Uh, but you know what? It's grown. It's doing well. This is the first year where we did not have to solicit or ask. We're just getting submissions. So I'm That's like, cool. all right, people know what this is all about. Yeah. And I just think it's also a really interesting topic to start talking about happiness and well-being and meaning and purpose in life and all these cool things that, you know, we think about, but kind of in the back, but never really articulate it and put words to it and measure it and dig in and actually take it seriously as a topic of academic inquiry. Why do you think people, I mean, positive psychology, there's going to be folks listening right now. We're talking about a, the journal that you're, you're editing here. Yeah. The word, two words, positive and psychology, when you put those together, you know, mindfulness comes to being. Yeah. And you heard the way I said that, yeah. mindfulness. I know. And, and it's got, more than mind. And I don't mean to say that like, yeah. uh, but uh, yeah, it's kind of become about mindfulness, but it's so, not. So what is positive so, psychology? Yes. So let me clarify. So we all know what psychology is. Uh, well, okay. Maybe we don't. Okay. <laughs> let's start there. So psychology, uh, study of behaviors, thoughts, yeah. feelings, whatnot. Um, but generally, historically, it's been very much focused on the negative. So oh, almost always. It's always, we're going to fix you. Yeah, you, yeah, you think, yeah, yeah. Totally. 
Think the big names. And the view of human nature is very much humans are broken, are yeah. frail. They've got all these issues. And if something bad has happened to you, you're pretty much doomed for life. Right? So if you want to figure out. <laughs> I like out, that. I like that. You're just doomed. You're just doomed. <laughs> you're screwed, right? So we can tell you how to mess up your kids, how to screw up your marriage. Like we're pros at misery. But uh, a couple of years ago, you know, Martin Seligman, and even before him, we give him credit, but really Maslow, uh, Rogers, uh, Adler, like a lot of these psychologists were already starting to talk about, okay, that's one thing, but really most people are doing pretty well and just want to know how to do better. Mm. So how do we help them reach the heights rather than yeah. just exploring the lows? And that's that a, that's the whole negative context of, of psychotherapy, you know, as, as, uh, Seligman says, you know, it's that fixing stuff as opposed yeah. to let's maintain it. But, and build what's good. Yeah. It's funny that, that, that when we, when we think of psychologists and think of psychology, it's amazing. Cause I was thinking about that before you sat down it's always the negative. There's always. never a positive side to it. No. And I remember, you know, it didn't, it didn't really strike me. And I think psychologists think they do well-being, but really they're doing ill-being. And oh, okay. this came to me a couple of years ago because I practiced for many years and I had somebody come in and I said, so, you know, what's your problem? That's usually <laughs> what we always ask. And they're like, oh, no, no, I'm good. I just want to be better. And I'm thinking, well, we don't do that. Like, come back when you have a problem. Like, what are you wasting my time for? Right? And, and that's really the distinguishing point between mainstream psychology and positive psychology. So positive psychology says if you have a problem, we can help you. Yeah. So resolution of negative emotions, negative experiences. But just to bring you back up to a zero, that's not enough. Because we know if people stay at a zero for long enough, they just slide right back down. So we need to be building skills, strategies for people to understand how to generate positive emotions, build greater states of engagement, harness their character strengths, think about meaning and purpose, develop relationships, and basically build a good life. So it's not enough just to not be miserable. There's a whole other part of human experience that we need to explore, and we can do that scientifically now, whereas so, we couldn't before. So this becomes that interesting thing is we're so geared for the ill, we're so geared for the broken, mm -hmm. even medicine. You yeah. Know, you go to the doctor, you never go to the doctor when you're doing okay. No, because they're gonna be like, what do you want? Don't waste your time. Are you crazy? <laughs> it's kind of like going to an osteo, right? You Half the time you, every time I go to the osteo, it's always when, you know, oh, you know knees are out or something. And the, the guy says, he'll look at me and says, well, why didn't you come like a month ago? Oh, I didn't well, have that, a problem goes, then. Yeah, but that's when you needed to come. Yes. <laughs> it says, I could have sorted you out. I bet you were a little stiff. I could have sorted you out then. Exactly. And, and sort of pivoting to get people to actually think, hey, you know what? We're at a good place right now. We want to get to a better place. I think the you know part of this whole COVID environment we're in does a good job of, mm -hmm. of making us think about this, that how do we maintain this positive energy that we need our employees to have right. and give them the tools to move forward so that we don't have to bring them in because they're, they're, they're burned out or. Yeah. It's kind of too late by then. Right. Yeah. And it's much more costly to start that treatment when people are really down and, you know, sort of slower, not slower, but like lower down on that, <clears throat> on that continuum, if you will. Um, so in part, it is about treating. It's also about preventing negative mm. states and it's also about promoting positive states. Okay. And that's. Treating, preventing, promoting. Yeah, and that's a real strength of positive psychology because it does all three. Mm. Whereas mainstream psychology treats, 
mm. maintains. And that's about as far as it goes. And when we, so one of the cool things about positive psych is we have also developed what are called positive psychology interventions, PPIs. And these are really the tools and strategies that we can use to help people generate positive emotions, more positive states of mind. And when we test these in relation to antidepressant medication or cognitive behavioral therapy, which is kind of the gold standard for depression, they're equal. Really? They're on par. So they're just as powerful. So when we tell people, you know, write a gratitude letter once a week yeah. for the next four weeks, people are like, oh, that's kind of stupid because we want things to be complicated because it justifies our suffering, <laughs> right? But look, at the end of the day, it is that simple. And, and when people do it, we follow thousands of people in, in a variety of countries and over time compared to yeah. control groups. Yeah. It works. And it doesn't require any medication. No. It just requires your engagement. Exactly. And not only does it work to boost positive emotions, but it also will strengthen relationships, which antidepressants won't do. Yeah. Uh, it may help you be more social, go out and do more exercise, explore the world, learn. Antidepressants don't do that. So yeah. it's got a lot of added benefits as well. So there's a real scope for this. Um, and I think it's something that we need to start considering as treatment. Mm. Is it hard to get buy-in from within the, the psychology community itself? Yes. Yes. That's the biggest resistance. Really? Why? Because it's how we pay our mortgages. Oh, okay. <laughs> and, and look. <laughs> straight up, I get straight it. Straight up, no. And it's I'm not, recasting the profession in a sense. Yeah. And so I'm not knocking psychology. I am a licensed psychologist, yeah. and that's kind of where I started, but that was where I saw the biggest resistance at the start. Is that what, is that what made you decide, hey, I, I, I want to get back into, I want to be a teacher, I want to be an educator and go down a university route as opposed to working nine to five in the office? In part, um, and also, yeah, it's just, it's anchored in this whole negative mindset. Yeah. And again, people have legitimate problems and we do need to deal with those. So it's not dismissing that, but... There's more to life than, again, just not being miserable. Yeah. And there was just so much resistance. And people would say, yeah, but if you make people happy, they don't come back anymore. That's the point. That's the point. <laughs> there are how many billion people in this earth? Like, I think we can spare a few, right? Like, it's fine. And actually, your market gets even bigger yeah. when you target people who don't have problems. Mm. So if we think about people who have problems, it's like maybe about 5% of the world. And then the rest of us are probably just bored or languishing, don't really know what to do with ourselves. But these are not mental illnesses. Yeah. And, and this is where that positive stuff can really be helpful. See, I'm, I'm always surprised at why more organizations don't make positive psychology a part of their whole program. And I mean, I mean, this is something that's been big on your mind as well. There's the... Uh, Happiness 101 program that, that you worked with and it's still working. It's still... Yeah. And I, when I'm reading about that and I'm looking at this and I'm going, you know, obviously it was geared at a, a specific group of people, but ultimately I'm thinking, well, why, why isn't, why aren't all companies building this kind of a program into their corporate culture? Yeah, I think part of, so there's a couple of things. One, um, positive psychology, and it's not to knock practitioners, but we've maybe been hijacked a little, if you will, by the... <laughs> rah, 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 you know, yeah. happy, happy, clappy. And it's given the scientists and the proper practitioners a bit of a bad name because mm. we get lumped into that. That's but, not what it's about. I mean, these are some of the folks that I that I spend a lot of time with, the, 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 the mindfulness 
crew. Uh, and, and I know some of these guys, they're, but they're not, they're not psychologists, but they're, you know, they're, they're doing their mindfulness things. Yeah. And, and, and there's nothing wrong with mindfulness in itself. I mean, there is evidence for mindfulness, but that's one thing. Yeah. Right. And, and it's one intervention out of maybe 60 that yeah. exist in the whole field, but it's the whole orientation. It is a scientific field. There's, mm. Do you think that's the problem? People don't realize that, that, hey, this is a legitimate field. Yes. Yeah. They, I think people focus on the word positive and they forget there's a second word there and that's psychology. <laughs> and, right? It's like, oh, but carry on with the sentence, right? There's positive there too. But I also think we're, again, coming back to the negative, we're so trained to troubleshoot the problems. And look, when your house is on fire, you need to put out the fire. I get that. But when it's not on fire, right, there's a lot we can do to, mm. you know, plant trees and clear brush and whatnot. Um, and, and I think organizations function that same way. They're like, well, we're doing fine. There's no problem. So yeah. why do we need the fluff? <laughs> They're not thinking tomorrow. Yeah. And I think, but I mean, that's not fluff. That must, well, that, when they use that word, mm. why do we need the fluff? that must just make the hair on the back of your neck go up. It's like, hold on a second. You just now discredited the entire field of study that I'm involved in. And as I'm a practitioner, yeah. <laughs> I'm used to it, whatever. But it's, yeah. it's that, you know, well, that's like saying metallurgy, that's just a fluff thing. And, you know, if we're going to be talking about HR and, you know, and HR procedures, well, that could be just fluffing an organization too. It's like, yeah. And it's, so I think where I see a lot of use for positive psychology, again, we come back to treat, prevent, promote. So there's something in it for everybody. Um, and it's not just when an organization needs help that it's useful, although mm. it can be, but it's also when learning and development has reached its ceiling, the plateau, yeah. right? There's, there's nowhere else to go. People are good, but they could be better. And that's where we can get even more out of people by teaching them these strategies, these skills. And it's not just the individual stuff. Like, so we know when individual employees are happier in their relationships, their home life, parenting, friends, whatnot, that spills into work. But also when people are happier as employees, that spills into the personal life. Yeah. So we can do a lot with positive psychology, not only for work, but community-wide, social, social So many organizations don't get that, that blending of things. And it's sort of like, well, this is your job. This is your... And we pay you. And we pay you. And... So just do it. Yeah. And when, you know, when you leave, well, I don't care if you've had a really bad day and you don't see the, 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 the point of what we're doing. And I've chewed you out for, you know, five of those eight hours and told, belittled you and told you how terrible you are at your job. And then you got to go home and deal with your kids yeah. who are looking at you or your wife or your husband and your husband's looking at you and he's going, what's up with you? And because you've been battered down psychologically in the workplace and they don't even know they're doing it. Exactly. And then that will impact your relationship and your parenting. But the next day you go back to work, it's yeah. still there. Yeah. Right. So it's that, that cycle that we need to be looking at employees as people, but as whole people yeah. and what happens outside of work and in work is important for productivity and happiness and well-being and all of the rest. It's, it's interesting when I start thinking about this and then start thinking about the COVID environment we're in that is turning workplaces upside down. And, you know, the, date stamping this show, we're, we're the 26th of August and schools are getting ready to start. Mm -hmm. Uncertainty globally about getting kids back into school full time. We're both professors. We're both teaching online this yep, semester. Just had a class this morning. There <clears throat> you go. And, and we got schools going back. And then as my wife's, uh, you know, a primary school teacher, she's French immersion. Oh, wow. And okay. they're in that scenario now where they're going back. And, and she's looking over and go, well, you're not going back. 
if you're not going back, why are we going I back? I know, <laughs> we're like, lucky. I can teach in, you know, this little room. Yeah. It's, it's funny because uh, you know, yesterday I was teaching two classes and one of, so I've been here 20 years, right? Teaching 20 years. And there was a point where I did have to wear a tie. Oh, Okay. There was a, there was a window okay. <laughs> and then I was told, well, you had to have a tie. So I have ties. Cause that it makes you a better professor. I, I don't know. And then uh, they kind of relaxed it a little bit and the, not for everyone, but somehow I seem to have squeaked through so that these shirts work as okay. long as no one else starts wearing them. Okay. For you, it's fine. Apparently. Okay. <laughs> and no one else will dare wear them. Right. So, it, so far it's, it's worked out okay. But the best part is teaching online is I can wear shorts to the office. No I'm kidding. <laughs> it's like, Shorts and sandals. 20 years I wanted to teach in shorts shorts and sandals. Finally, we're there, right? Well, for me this morning, I thought, gosh, I have just cut out already 35 minutes of driving and it's only 7.55. I'm much happier already. Isn't that the most, to me, that's, and for my students, you know, they're coming from Ras al-Khaimah, they're coming from Ajman, they're coming from Sharjah, they're coming from Dubai, and they got to navigate traffic for 30, 40, 50 minutes and, and you get to work or school, you're already cranky. Yeah. One of the things I love about COVID, if I can say that in the same sentence, and I know not everybody's experience is going to be the same, and this is another area of well-being also, is thinking about how the built environment is yeah. going to start changing as a result. Yeah. So I think we're going to start seeing, um, you know, instead of having people travel here, travel to there, travel there, we're going to be seeing little mini villages yeah. emerge. So that maybe you and I could work here, although we're not working for the same organization, but other people could also come and work here and that will save everybody yeah. 40 minutes of driving. Imagine right? the sharing that could happen if you've got UAU university professors, ZU university professors, a few yeah. HCTs thrown in. Collaboration, we're, we're, instant. Yeah, we're all in the same place. We're teaching similar courses. And, or it's, it's funny because I, I don't teach psychology. I teach communication, but when I start looking, I mean, it's a very fine line in communication between, you know, interpersonal communication is all about psychology and sociology. Yeah. And but even stuff. how do we communicate psychology? Yes. Yeah. And so I think suddenly the, the possibility of, of connecting more with our students and more with others to create those linkages and overlap becomes interesting. And, and yeah, and in terms of institutional partnerships, yeah. disciplinary partnerships, yeah. I actually think this is great. And this is a great opportunity organizations, governments, professionals, everybody start thinking, how do we, how do we take advantage of this and reorganize ourselves better for better social community, knowledge production, whatever that is, it's possible. We just need to think it. And that's it. And and the challenge we're facing, and again, this comes back to positive psychology. So I'm I'm looping it back. Mm -hmm. It is coming back. But the challenge becomes, as you said, this rapid change, like we, you know, so essentially since Really, February, March, we've been in this change environment. The organizations we're part of, and I'm not just talking education, but you know, take it right across the mall. We're we're sitting at the Rofe Hotel. I'm yeah. looking over at Dubai Mall. That doesn't quite work in a new COVID environment. I mean, it works, but you're not going to get the footfall that you want. The hotels, I mean, it's, it, doesn't, it doesn't work in a COVID environment. No, no. And, and so suddenly... You've, you've got this whole mindset that has to be changed and the organization has to play with that mindset. So yeah, it's great. You know, I'm going to come into the office and I'm, I'm in accounting and I'm going to work my accounting job, but I've got now children at home who've got allergies, maybe one's sick, maybe they're not sick, they're going to school. How am I going to balance all that out? And, and you know, physically I can balance it, but how do I balance it mentally when my entire work identity is based around being at a desk in an office on floor four and having that you know, ability to walk over to another colleague's desk and just sort something out, it's not there anymore. And I, I wonder 
you know, we're talk we do a lot of talking and a lot of organizations saying, oh, you know, we got to think of the mental health side of things, which mm-hmm. instantly puts a stigma on it. Yeah. As soon as someone says mental People health. Are breaking down. Yeah. As soon as they say mental health, they think, hold, oh, that's not positive at all. That's yeah, no, you're, you're already putting me in a box. Well, and it, it's just focusing on the negative. How yeah. about just people? How do we deal with people? Yeah. Let's just call it that. And, and I just, I just wonder how well our organizations are doing at this. And, and my, my sense is they're not doing well. Like they're doing well in trying to make things happen given these circumstances. But as you said, this is recast. We're recasting the way we work. We're recasting the way we live. We were casting the way we study and organizations are slow. Scary. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're yeah. slow. And I think many of them are kind of like, well, let's wait and see yeah. what's going to happen. And it's like, but we're all waiting to see what's going to happen. Yeah. So by default, nothing's going to yeah. happen, right? Like, so, <laughs> so let's start having those conversation about what kind of a life do we yeah. want? And I think it's putting that into practice when we talk. And as you said, it's moving forward. And it's, it's funny because I was, someone was saying to people, so, you know, as I was talking to someone about this, they said, well, what would you do? Like what, if you could do one thing today, what would you do that would help create a nice positive environment where you're working or help, not a positive environment, but get people to, to sort of recast their thought process just a little bit. What, one thing you do, they look at me, you know, pointing at me. One thing you do, James, give, give me, me an answer. And, and I said, you know, wouldn't it be nice if the boss just called me once <gasps> to say, hey, James, you're doing a good job, by the way. I, you know, you'll keep it up. No. Don't send me an email. Crazy talk. But Don't say that. Everyone's got my mobile number, right? <laughs> but you know, just, or, you know, another, what's one personally for me? It would be really cool. So we podcast, Podaholics. Been doing it for years. I was on Dubai Eye for 12 years. Yeah. Podcasting now, a couple of years doing this. Got quite a, a catalog. I, it was, it's actually funny. It was a great stat yesterday. I was looking at stats, but 1,500 people downloaded the program. Wow. I know. In one day, I'm going, that's pretty cool. That's like that's amazing. top that's presenter huge. there. And yeah. So it was really cool. And I thought, wow, wouldn't it be cool if somebody I work with, could be anyone because I tag the university often on the post when these mm. things come out. I put, I put my, my, wouldn't it be nice if just one person from the organization. Good episode. Yeah. Yeah. Instead I'm getting, I mean, and, and, and it's weird because as, as an academic, I'm craving someone at my organization to notice, right? I just want to be noticed. And it is funny because as you're saying that, that someone to say a good episode, but I do get that. I'll get someone who WhatsApp, WhatsApps me who I don't know, or I'll get it through social media and they'll send me a voice message. Say, hey dude, I was listening to your show and you guys rocked. You, you really made me feel happy about this. Someone even said, you, you cheered me up. Oh, nice. And I'm going, what, what was it? I'm looking at the show and I'm going, well, what's in the show? Because you can't see my shirt. So what did I say? They, they, said, you, they said, and I don't, I, I, I remember the show specifically because they also prefaced to say, well, I'm not even interested in the topic, but you guys <laughs> just seem so legitimately fun and interested nice. in it. It was, it was like the person was sitting there and they were just getting a vibe. And I went, wow. And, and so for me, I was just like, you know, from a positive point of view, if someone just sort of said, Hey, you know what? Great work you're doing there. It's the little things. Yeah. Yeah. So, I, and, and I think you raise an interesting point. So people will be like, well, what should we do? Like, yeah. okay, forget <laughs> what should you do? And, and they're always like, well, how much is it going to cost? It's not going to cost anything. Just send me an email and say, are you okay? Yeah. That's all I want. Yeah. You know? So I laughed during this whole COVID thing. Cause I thought, wow, my gym was in contact with me more than anybody else during COVID. <laughs> right. <laughs> But that's cool. And yeah. okay, like they were also like, where are you? Made me feel guilty for not working out. But still, yeah. that's besides the point. But 
it shows that just reach out and say hi. Yeah. We're thinking of you. You're one of our bazillion customers. We don't actually know your name, but that's okay. We're thinking of you. Hope you're well. Can't yeah. wait to see you again. It's easy. Yeah. And I think sometimes we get stuck in our bureaucratic silos and roles and we think, well, we need to have an institutional response. How about a human response? Mm. Just call me. Yeah. Like, hey, are you okay? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Awesome. Thank you. <laughs> like, that's all I need. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But it, it, it's, again, it's, well, we need all this interesting, complex, or sorry, expensive stuff, kind of like the antidepressants, right? Yeah. Life does not need to be that complicated. We went to the doctor. It was hilarious. We went to the doctor and, and I walked out of there with a bag full of stuff. And I'm oh going, I'm going, what is all this stuff? And do I really need any of this? <laughs> it's like, well, it turns out, yeah, a sinus infection does need to be treated. Oh, but, okay. But it was just, you know, there was, there was, you know, have a spray as well and have this as well. And it, I literally have a shopping bag. Wow. <laughs> I had to take yeah. a picture of it. I said, what the heck? And yeah. it's almost like we feel like if we don't give somebody something yeah. that we haven't done our job, but that's not what most people want. They yeah. just want like, hey, are you okay? And and not just when times are bad, but even when times are good. You know, one, one that I always think of is, you know, we hire people because they have all these amazing skills and yeah. background and, and they may not, so you're a great case. Maybe in the classroom, you're not necessarily doing podcasts, but that's an extra thing you have that brings value. So how do we bring that out? So one thing I'd like to see is for managers to sit with their employees one by one and say, what was on your CV that we hired you for, but that we're actually ignoring at the moment? And how could we bring that in? How could we get you to use your strengths so that you're happier here? Right. And then, yes, we'll recognize, I hope you, you know, I hope we'll recognize you for that. But again, it's not, it's not difficult. I can't remember who I was talking to. I was in a scenario and I was in, it was a service, a service facility of some sort. And I was talking to the guy who was dealing with whatever I was doing. Mm-hmm. And it turns out he was a teacher back in his home country. Was, okay. You know, and like a high school teacher, he's not doing high school teaching in whatever mm-hmm. job he was doing. Okay. And it was amazing how the conversation developed and you could just see the joy in this person's face because I actually cared. And, I, and, and also it, you, you asked, yeah, I, you I, recognized yeah. what he did and it's like, yeah. wow, that's awesome. You're interested. You're asking, right? And, and talk to this person at the same way I talked to everyone and waited for the response. Cause it was, are you really asking me a question? Yeah. It's like, and they were kind of like, well, well, no one ever asks that question, but, and, and then, you know, five minutes later, it logically ended and say, Hey, nice. It was nice talking to you. Have a good day. And that you could see that person going, yeah, nice talking to you too. And, or, you know, again, just doing those little things, the gardener guy, I have a, a gardener guy when I would go away who will water my grass. Yeah. I see the guy every morning when I w- run my dog and I'll stop every morning, say hello. How's your family doing? How are you doing? And, and I, I'm sure he thinks that I am just a, a stark raving loon. Weirdo, yeah, he's yeah. saying this guy's a loon. Yeah. I'm not even sure he knows what a loon is, but. That's okay. <laughs> we, know, we know what that is in Canada. We even have a I never realized how big they were. Like loons aren't tiny birds. They're like a duck. They're like a football. Yeah, they're huge. It's like a football sized duck yeah. that we put on a coin. Yeah. Because that's what we do in Canada. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. What's our biggest duck? We're going to put that on the coin. Gosh. No, but again, it's about people want to be seen. Yeah. They want to be appreciated. They want to be recognized. And it doesn't always have to be with money. No. And in fact, sometimes there's good research showing that the more you pay somebody for what they do, it actually undermines mm. their joy of it. Right. Yeah. So if you're, let's say you're an Olympic athlete, you really love what you do. And because it feels good, you like to run and jump or whatever it is you're doing. Yeah. The money's great, but 
every time you pay me, I have to jump on demand. I end up not liking that as much anymore. So money can undermine motivation too. When we're, we're talking about, you know, the, the happiness and I, I want to go back to the one-on-one program. Mm-hmm. What, what was it all about? What did, give us a, the pricey of happiness 101 because yeah. people must have rolled their eyes when you presented this at the first time around. Um, well, when I was working in primary healthcare, when I pitched it for the first time, I had a great manager and she was like, oh my God, we need that. And I'm like, oh, this is easier than I thought. So why did I develop it? I, again, the gold standard for treating depression is cognitive behavioral therapy. Does it work? Yes. People go away, we reduce their depression, and then about six to eight months later, they come back because the depression is back. So I thought, this is like a boomerang effect. These people just keep coming back, not that I don't like them, but, you know, this is not the way, this is not useful. So I developed um, Happiness 101. That's really where it came out from. Uh, Six-week program focused on what is called the PERMA model. So Martin Seligman developed this model of well-being. There are many models of well-being. I just want to put that because we yeah. tend to... Why, did, why do people go with him? He's like sort of like the granddaddy like of all the this. He's like the guru. Yeah, okay. And I mean, there were many models I could have chose. I chose that one because it's easiest to understand okay. from a yeah. non-academic perspective. So it's focused on positive emotions, engagement, character strengths, relationships, meaning an accomplishment. So each it's, it's an acronym okay. PERMA for those five things. So it's basically five branches, five ways to be happy. There's many others. Um, and so what I developed is a program a week and a half with patients who kept coming back, the mm-hmm. boomeranging patients, mm-hmm. clients who were coming in with depression, but also symptoms of depression. So those people who are just saying, eh, they don't yeah. necessarily qualify for depression, but there's nothing really wrong, but they're just always in the doctor's office yeah. and you just don't really know what to do with them. And it's teaching them skills. So how do you generate positive emotions? So examples, well, I will start with mindfulness. Let's just cancel the noise. Yeah. Let's start there. Okay, <laughs> now we can begin. Um, generating positive emotions. It could be something, gratitude, savoring, um, reminiscing, You know, old people do this, but they do it for a reason, right? So think back to, you know, one of the highlights of your life. Don't think why or how it ended or what came before or after, but just relive that little moment so we can go get positive emotions from the past as well. Um, Anticipation. Think of a goal. So during COVID, one of the things that kept me going was I made a list of all the wineries I wanted to visit. (laughs) So I'm like, this is really important to me. Italy, Spain, I had a whole list going, but, but the, so you were, you were applying your own work. Yes, of course. (laughs) But the purpose of that was I need something to anchor myself in the future. Right. So that's an example of anticipation. So that was positive emotion, engagement. Um, We can enter a state of flow. So Mm -hmm. flow, researchers enter a state of flow. It's when you're really absorbed in the moment. Athletes get into a state of flow. Um, Artists. So basically, you're doing an activity that's difficult, uses your skills and talents, sucks you into the moment. You don't even notice time go by, but you grow as a result. And flow is the direct opposite of depression. So basically, Mm. a constructive way to fill your time. Okay. Uh, Get you thinking about other things. Yeah. Right. An idle mind is, is terrible. (laughs) And this is where some of the precepts of mainstream psychology are not always that helpful. So we tend to tell people, you know, why are you depressed? Analyze it. Oh my God, that's the worst thing you can do. Don't (laughs) analyze. Just stop it. Go play basketball. That's the best thing you can do. And, and it's true. (laughs) Some of your colleagues must say, oh, here comes Louise. (laughs) 
Oh, buckle up. Here we go. Oh, I know. She and wants to kill our careers. Exactly. And, and other psychologists hate that, but I've had enough patients come back. So I remember one patient, when I did the first uh, happiness one-on-one program, she was really angry. And I'm angry. like, oh dear, what's wrong? She's like, I'm not angry with you. I'm angry with the field. I have been dealing with depression for over 20 years. Yeah. I've been coming to therapy every week. Oh man, for I 20 years? I have spent thousands of dollars. All I ever get told is, why are you depressed? Analyze your thoughts. Challenge your thoughts. This is clearly not working. You come along with your little happy, happy, whatever. And now you teach me gratitude and reminiscing. And now I'm happier. And that makes me angry. <laughs> and I laugh, but, but I... Honestly, uh, I understood what she said, and basically the field of psychology had failed, has failed yeah. certain people, and we need It's not skills. one size fits all. I mean, I guess that's no. the problem, is it, so many, you know, we, the, 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 fields, the field's progressed, it's developed, it's, it's moving in, in some interesting directions, and I think the, one of the big ones that we start to realize, and as your, your situation demonstrates, is we're all vastly different. There's different things going on in our lives that might make us look, oh yeah, well, you've got the same problem as that person and that person or the same thing that you're working through as that person and that person. But the precepts of it, the, the, the reasons for it, uh, the, the way we're going to deal with it could be vastly different. When all you have is a hammer, yeah. everything looks like a nail. There you go. And, and that's one of the, my big things. I think people psychology. are just lazy. I think psychologists get lazy because it's easy to say, well, you know, we're going to deal with this in a, a Jungian fashion. I mean, I don't want to say they're lazy. I think <laughs> it's also the way positive psychology developed. Mm. It, so again, it got sort of hijacked by the happy, happy faces and that mm. kind of ruined it. And people walked away from the science aspect of mm. it. Practice outstrips science. Always. Um, Yes, and but at the same time, psychologists do follow science very much. Yeah. We move from behavioral to cognitive, cognitive behavioral. I mean, we've got lots of different models. We, we've always followed evidence. But in this case, we went left when everybody went right. Mm. Another thing, um, you know, thinking about this happiness one-on-one program that really occurred to me, and I, again, I had patients telling me this. They said, you know, I realize after I've taken this course, I was never actually depressed. And that's why my antidepressants aren't working. I'm not actually depressed. That's, I, that's it, big. It looks like I'm depressed, but really, I just don't know how to live my life properly. Well, that's huge. So then that's they need a career counselor. Huge. Yeah. Or a life counselor. Oh, yeah. yeah. Right. But it was really telling for me because I thought it's true. When people come in and they're depressed, we're just fixing that. We're just fixing affect. That's mm. it. But there's a reason for that. Right. So we're not talking about grief. We're not talking about separation. I mean, these are different things. But sometimes people get depressed because the present isn't that exciting. Yeah. They're not engaged in anything. They're not in a state of flow doing macrame. And nobody knows what macrame is anymore. But hey, no, hey, you know, speaking of that, I'm going to interrupt you for a second. I'm going to put you on pause. Okay. Yesterday, I'm in a class. Uh-huh. And I have my students all introducing themselves. And, and I wish I could remember who said this, which, which goes. I said, so, woman, which I call yeah. them ladies. But they, sometimes my students like don't mind being called girls. And I kind of find it weird. But anyway. And so she says to me, oh, I, you know, I took up macrame over the summer. And I'm going, what? and she's going, she's going, of course, no one knows what that is. And I'm going, I know exactly what Tell macrame is. <laughs> Do that. <laughs> I said, well, what did you make? And I'm thinking, you know, pot hanger. She, yeah, she made things that you put on your wall in, in her room. And I'm thinking, bless her heart. Cool. But that's a, that's a state of flow. That's yeah. occupying your time. Yeah. You are giving your brain something to think about instead of it mm. walking around in the pasture 
finding things to think about. It, it's amazing. It must be amazing for you that sort of that eye-opening moment when someone is creating that flow. They're creating a situation where they can actually concentrate on something and all those things just that fall away. Yeah, yeah, they're just go. They're not knocking on their door saying, "Hey, since you're bored, you know, I got something Let's to fill your mind." This. Let's ruminate about what happened in 1997, yeah. right? And how it's affected me to this day. Exactly. Still, right? <laughs> And I'm not saying things don't affect us from yeah. the past, but sometimes it was a great quote by Mark Twain. He said, oh no, I suddenly forgot it. Hang on, it'll come to me. Uh, I have been affected by many things, some of which actually happened. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> and, well, I, and I use that in that program and then people yeah. kind of read it once, read it twice. And then people kind of like, oh God, that's me. Uh, and they get it. Yeah. We harm ourselves by what we think. Yeah. It's not necessarily reality. And I, I do that as well, right? So it's, you know, there's all these little strategies and, and basically it's thinking about life differently, thinking about ourselves differently. It's about filling the present. It's about giving ourselves something to look forward to in the future. Mm. And, and not, not too far in the future these days. Yeah, yeah like next month is good. <laughs> Just don't go too far. Don't get ahead of yourself. But, you know, again, mainstream psychology was very much the past defines you. Positive psychology is, no, the future pulls us forward. And and we need to have something in the future, whether that's wine tasting, whatever you want it to be, but that is going to pull you forward. So when you teach people how to maneuver and how to navigate life, suddenly they're like, you know, I actually was not depressed. I just didn't know how to do this thing called life. Yeah. It's adulting. Yeah. And I mean, that's, that's a big challenge, isn't it? Because we watched our parents struggle through things and our friends and our, and, and it's, it's, well, we're following the leader and that's the way they do it. That's the way it's always done. Right. And you don't share those things and you don't talk about it and you just keep it all bottled up inside. And blah, and then the next thing you know, we're knocking on someone's door saying, oh, I think I'm depressed. Yeah. And also we live in a different context today. So I think yeah. of my parents, you know, they had a hugely different context. They had to work hard and not that people yeah. don't work hard, but for most of us today, the problem is the opposite. Too much time, too many choices, too many options, too much. And we just become paralyzed. We don't know how to live our lives suddenly. Yeah. And we end up doing nothing but scrolling. <laughs> scrolling Instagram. Oh, scrolling Instagram and looking at everyone who seems to be having living the perfect life. Yeah, while you're <laughs> sitting there eating ice cream in your pajamas on the couch at two in the afternoon, right? <laughs> So, you know, and that, that's another thing we talk about in this Happiness 101 is, you know, the role of social media. So we mm. talk a lot about life stuff and mm. really to get people to reevaluate what are you doing? Forget analyzing your thoughts because you'll never <laughs> win that battle anyway. Just never mind. <laughs> Again, go play basketball, put the phone down, go do macrame, yeah. go talk to your neighbor. I know it's weird. Just be like, hey, my therapist told me to come yeah. and introduce myself, you know. And, there are th and, and when people do it, it changes their lives. Yeah. So after we did that program, uh, the first one in primary healthcare, we followed it for about two years. We tracked people the whole time. And what we found is that people stopped going to see the doctor because okay. they didn't need to. Yeah. So the um, people who need to go see the doctor have the time to do that. And those people yes. who are just using up the time. Because they have nobody to talk to or nothing to do, yeah. stopped. And they started finding things to do. Um, psychosomatic symptoms also reduced as well. Really? So people's health improved now whether that's perceptions of or actual yeah. that uh, remains to be seen um people became more social mm. connected more with people in the group or outside and instead of seeing return clients i ended up getting postcards from clients interesting saying, i'm in india i took that trip 
Awesome, right? Yeah. And and I hope I never see you again. Perfect. <laughs> Me too. Go live your life, right? <laughs> like these are the things you really want people to tell you. We should not be happy when people co- keep coming back yeah. to therapy because it means we have failed, not them. Yeah. And I and I really want us to say that to people because people keep boomeranging, boomeranging back and forth to therapists, thinking, "What's wrong with me? I can't get on top of my depression." And I'm going to tell you, it's not you. You got the wrong tools. That's a tough one. Got the wrong tools. When when you get someone who comes in, you know they're 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 grasping, they're looking for anything that's going to help them. How how? I mean, so we're talking. I'm talking general here, mm. and everyone's different, so there's yeah. no. But how? In in your experience, what kind of a time delay do you have from when people come and would come and visit you and and have this chat to start to adopt these tools that are ultimately going to allow them to help themselves? Does it take a while for it to kick in? And no, then, no, right I away. No. So in the first session, I let them, you know, tell me the yeah. problem because I know you've been well trained by the profession and you want to tell me your problem. Tell me the problem, and then I go, great, okay, well, that's not it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> they go, ah. they do a Scooby Doo, Scooby. <laughs> now let's move on to the other stuff. Now sometimes it is right, like if it's grief again, some yeah. of the, the normal stuff, and if it's that, then we'll deal with that. Um, but generally, I always finish the first session or somewhere in the middle and say, "Do you know how to be happy?" I, I, you know, then, did, did you just hear that silence? It was it was a deathly silence. If someone says, "Do you know how to be happy?" I, you must get people who just stare at you and don't know what to say. What's, what's the right answer? But it really triggers a yeah. light because suddenly they realize it's not because I don't know how to deal with my depression. It's actually I don't know how to be happy. Yeah. Wait, that's a different thing. And now they're like, "Is there a way to like what?" Yeah, there's a way to do that. We have new tools today. Let me show you the toolbox. Here you go. <laughs> and and I really have to talk about evidence and science and, you know, yeah. and again, there's good, very good clinical trials and, and clinical studies, longitudinal studies, perspective studies. I mean, the evidence is there. And when you show that to people, they're like, I want some of that. <laughs> I want some of that. And within, a, and, and just that. So within the first 60 minutes, something has shifted and now they realize it's not me. I just, I don't have the right tools. I'm so you see to them starting to lift right away. You see the lights coming on. Yeah. Just, like it's not me hope. being a failure. It's yeah. that I'm trying to build a house with a foam bat. Like it doesn't matter how hard I try. It's just yeah. not going to work here. That's incredible. And you know, once that shift is made, then people suddenly become open to trying and it's just like a light shift. Yeah. What it, have they got to lose? Right. Well, me, yeah. which is great. That's yeah. the point. Right? <laughs> That's the point. If you do this, you can you can never have to come back and see me again. So people are quite happy for that. So how, how do we start building this into our environments? And again, just take it back to where we are today. And yeah. we, we, we know there's a need. We yeah. can see that. And, and more than ever, I've met people in the last six months who, especially before we weren't necessarily going to our workplaces, who would be sitting in the parking lot of their workplace. They can't get out of their car. And when they do get out of their car, it's like, I'm struggling to get out of my car. And I've watched them and I've walked with them. And it's just like, I said, what's up? What's up? And it's just, I just hate coming to work. Yeah. And, and work is a complex thing. So sometimes there are the wrong people in the wrong positions. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that's you. And sometimes that's other people. And then you have to deal with them. And that makes you unhappy. And there's something really you could do about that because they're in the wrong position, right? So sometimes it's, it's other things. Sometimes, it, again, it's not you. It's the fact that, Nobody sees you. Yeah. You could not show up to work for three weeks and no one would notice. Can you imagine? <laughs> well, and I had this, th- so during COVID, um, somebody somewhere, we'll leave it at that, 
didn't come into work for 10 days. No one knew. Mm. No one noticed. And finally, somebody who probably shouldn't have noticed did raise the flag. I raised the flag, brought it to the person who should have been concerned, and they were just like, okay, well, let me know how that works. And I'm like, no, what? (laughs) Right? So sometimes it's, it's sometimes organizations are just kind of indifferent, like Mm. do your work and whatever. So again, not you. So there's structural things. Sometimes there's practice things. Sometimes policies are missing. And then there's us. And I think part of it too, one of the things I've noticed worldwide, but here maybe a little bit more, sometimes people choose the wrong jobs. Mm -hmm. They will choose a job because it's prestige, makes their family proud, but really they hate it. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) And it's a lot of going through the motions. I think a lot of people hate their jobs. I mean, honestly. I I think so, yeah. And, you know, we choose a job because, oh, I'm going to make a lot of money and it'll impress people. But you hate it. Why (laughs) would you do that to yourself? You're going to spend all that money you make, you're going to use it to go to therapy for 20 years. Like, you're really not getting on top here. Now, at the same time, I'm not going to go so far as to always say do what you love because sometimes there's no money in that. But there is a lot to be said for matching your strengths with the profession you're going into. There needs to be a fit. It's like a relationship. If the fit's not there, that's going to eventually break. And then it's, you know, developing good relationships with colleagues. It's, you know, developing meaning from what we do. It's growing. It's establishing goals, you know all the standard stuff. So there's a lot of moving parts, maybe a little bit harder to diagnose, but that's where this, these five pillars are really important Mm. when we bring those into the workplace because we get people to start thinking about positive emotion. Do we have fun here? When's the last time I laughed at work? (laughs) And not at somebody. Yeah. yeah. Like just, yeah. yeah, yeah. There's a lot of people when you ask that question, they go, work's not fun. Yeah. We don't laugh. So, we don't do stuff together. It's like, no. Exactly. And you might not be laughing for a reason. So mm. then we need to look at those reasons. But sometimes we just, it's like there's not an expectation that work is where you go to be great. Yeah. And I think that's so sad because if we think of school, that's where kids go to be great. Yeah. In your relationship, that's where you go to be great. Shouldn't work be the same? That's where we go to be great. Yeah. And if we're just there to clock time and collect a paycheck, then... What's the point? That's a lot of life to be unhappy. And I think I've met those unhappy people. Mm -hmm. Like I said, that person who doesn't want to get out of their car and they're just. And they end up, you know, maybe not quite their fault, but they end up doing a worse job than others would. Not because they're not, it's not a question of skill, but if your heart's not in it, that's going to come out. How, How do we bring this positive psychology mindset into an organization so that it's, it's active, it's seeking things out as opposed to people seeking it out? How do we make it part of the fabric of our organizations today? Yeah, And I think, um, so part of it is, can we bring it into HR? So there is such a thing called positive organizational scholarship. That's being taught in schools, not here. Um, But that is starting to be a thing where we start looking at work as a source of meaning and purpose and Mm. fun and inspiration. and, and, And not only within the organization, but we start seeing organizations playing a role in communities that they too can do good as well. Um, So, you know, I think part of it is just changing this philosophy that work is not something where we go just to be miserable. Gosh, how (laughs) awful is that? But we can pull much meaning and joy from that, but it really needs to start at the top and trickle all the way down. Mm. So 
that's why sometimes I feel like we maybe we set people up. We might do a happiness program in an organization. The employees are like, yeah, let's do it. And then nothing changes. So it needs to be these two parties Mm. meeting because otherwise if one group is doing it and the other one isn't, it can only go so far. You go through the whole happiness exercises and it's like everyone's pumped and yeah, this is going to be great. And then, wow, we didn't do anything with it. And then I think those people get more, more, you know, I wasted my time and why would we do these things? And then the next time someone says, we've disappointed them and we've showed them what is possible. Dangle the carrot. Oh, but you can't have that. (laughs) (laughs) That's tough. It's horrible. Yeah. Yeah. So I would say if you're not going to do anything with it, then don't bother. Don't do anything with it. Mm. Like just carry just on. Carry on. Just keep doing what you're doing. <laughs> keep doing what you're Think about doing. it. Someday you might, but yeah. Don't set people up like that. That's, that's. And, and, and organizations kind of do that, right? They'll do a big survey. Yeah. Tell us what you think. <laughs> We've all been in those. We can make changes. And they were like, yeah, in fact, we're not even going to give you the results and we're doing nothing with it. And you're yeah. like, but if you're going to ask me. Yeah at least share with me what you found, but ask me, like, everybody wants to be happy at work. They Mm. do. And if we just ask people, what's one small thing we could do to improve your daily experience here? Everybody's got an answer. Do do you think, again, you know, you you were talking the positive side of COVID-19 and societal shift that's Mm. underway. And, and I keep telling people that this is, this is going to go a lot farther than you think. And I'm not, yeah, we've got years of this. Yeah. And I said, that means we have to rethink everything we're doing and let's start rethinking now because just applying what we've been doing back on the method doesn't work. No. And it, and it didn't work then either. No. So it's, you know, right, right down to the way we teach classes and and assess people. Someone's someone's saying, well, people cheat. So so you make the assessments in a way that they, there's nothing to cheat on. Yeah. Like you're probably doing the wrong assessment then. Yeah, exactly. They can cheat. It's like, well. Or, (laughs) you know, I do open book and sometimes like students still fail. I'm like, what? I I did. So I did, I did one. It was, it was, I took it a step further than open book. I said, not on this open book, you can even go on the computer and Hey, you know what? You can talk to everyone in class. Yeah. And at first everyone's like, (gasps) sir this is, this is great. And, and, and I told, I told them that this is how it's going to be. So I gave them the lead up too. And I said, okay. hold on. I said, just, just, I'm just going to warn you here. It's not actually, the, it's harder. The, the question is not a memorized question. So you're going to have to think about it mm-hmm. and you can have all your notes, but if you haven't thought about what you've been doing in the class and been thinking through what we've been talking and about, if you don't understand yeah, your if you notes don't, and what that exactly. means, they're useless. And I said, then if you want to talk to someone, you're just burning up time. And they're not going to be able to explain it to you so that you can then write it. And, and it was funny because well, for about the first four minutes, it's loud in the class and then pin drop. Silence. Yeah. <laughs> and people are just looking at their, the things and they're, they're going, oh yeah, I should have done more work on connecting these. Yep. I should Connecting have paid more dots. attention to this because they realized even if they could get someone to write the answer for them, because of all of the examples that come from class and from the interaction that's taking place, which that person's never going to know. And that's what they want to use in their answers. Exactly. They can't do it. And they just realize, Oh yeah. Yeah. And, and so it's, it's finding that positive change, but I, I, I'm so the positive side from COVID is we're actually at least we're talking about the fact that we need to be thinking about ourselves and how we're managing a situation and how it's affecting us and what are we doing? We weren't talking about that six months ago. Not not as openly now. And while I'm not so sure that that schools and our public schools and private schools and what are 
are putting that positive mental spin on things. I mean, they're talking about it, but how they're going to do it. I think yeah. it still needs to be developed. Yeah. But I thought this, this might be that golden opportunity. And I think it's boiling things down to what's essential. Mm. So in that example you just gave, we used to think it's, the, well, not we, but many students think it's the grade. I need the grade. Yeah. It's like, but, but that was never the point. Now it's about understanding. Yeah. It's always been about that, but now it really is. And yeah. that's what, that's the essential. So it's bringing us back down to what really matters here and how do we make that happen? Yep. Cut out the rest. That's it. And as soon as people can get that going and what really matters here is our, as us, we matter. Yeah. And what's going on in my head that matters. Yeah. And what am I bringing to my class? Because if I come to class and I'm angry, I'm going to, or just disinterested, oh, like it, checked out, not engaged. Like I just, I'm just going through the motions. I, you know, actually I, I was talking to a class yesterday and I said, and I, I said to them, I said, look, I said, ladies, I'm bringing my A game here. I said, every class, I am bringing the A game. I'm not calling it in, even though we physically are calling into each other. Yeah. I, I am bringing you 100% me every single class, but that's only 50% of this equation. Yeah. So if you just come and you just sit there and you just, you know, tune out, and I said, and then, you know, and then I'm messing around with the, with the visual. I say, so I just turn on my screensaver. I said, so now basically I'm just, I'm reclining, I'm eating a sandwich and I'm not listening to anything you're saying. And well, I, I told them this morning too, I am not a radio station. Yeah. <laughs> so I said, this is interactive. And I turned it back on. I said, I'm bringing my A game. You better bring your A game too, because then we're going to have a great class. Otherwise, this is going to be deadly. I threw them into breakout rooms this morning and I could see some were talking and some were dead silent. I thought, oh God. But again, it's like, this is going to ask more from all of us yeah. and not more, but just different. Yeah. You need to be an active participant in your life. Yeah. That's, that's, that's what it, it comes down to. And I, I, I guess we're so used to blaming. It's, well, it's not my fault. It's, I'm like this because my workplace did this. I'm like this because when I went to school there, you know, why are so many PhD graduates and, and doctors like you and I, I mean, we've all met some of them who are, who are damaged because of, let's, I, mean, I love that word, they're damaged. Well, you know, they've got no self-esteem. They're, yeah. they're angry. They only want to inflict the defense of a dissertation on anyone and everyone they've ever been around. And they've gone through the ringer with, with writing a dissertation where someone has said, yeah, I don't understand this chapter. So get rid of it yeah. after they've spent six months. Or I don't like this word. Yeah. I don't like this word. So they what do they do when they get a student in front of them? Say, I don't like that word. Like, <laughs> uh, I know it took you six months, but yeah, I don't yeah, like that yeah, word. Yeah. Figure out a new word. Oh, that's my life. And, and I mean, we all know PhD candidates who never finish. Yeah. Because. 10 years on ten, and they just give up. Yeah. I, I, I think it's, it's horrible. I mean, I know some of those folks, you know, some of those folks mm -hmm. and, and, but when they give up, they're, they're hurting They're yeah. It's, it's their whole life that a piece of their life they've just left on the table. And, and that's coming back to what's essential, yeah. right? So what is essential in doing a PhD? Learning, stretching, developing, yeah. producing knowledge. And we focus on the wrong thing. Like the word, like, oh my God, okay. I know writing's important. I mean, I'm an editor, but still it's like, what's important? We have a very short life here, yeah. right? Yeah, no, it's, it becomes interesting. And do, so you think there's hope when we start talking about recasting our organizations and starting to think in a positive, you know, putting on your positive psychologist hat. Mm -hmm. is, is this a really hopeful time for us with change? And have we got the kick in the pants that we need to maybe? Well, we certainly got the kick in the pants. I don't <laughs> know if we're going to do anything about it. I, I Crystal I, ball gazing, is it going to work here? 
Yeah. I think some organizations. Your body language right. is telling me yeah, that. No. Yeah, forget it. It's just going to keep on. Same old, same old, James. Don't hold your breath unless, you're, unless you've been watching uh, David Blaine videos. I, I think some organizations will get it. I think others are holding their breath and waiting for normal to come back. And I don't think they've understood yeah. normal's done. Yeah. So a couple of months ago, I'd put a post on LinkedIn. This is my own like emotional roller coaster during the pandemic. I think it was like April. And I had written something about, gosh, I just feel sad that that old life is done. Yeah. And somebody challenged me on it again. Be optimistic, be happy. And I'm like, can we just stop that for one moment? <laughs> you and this happy unicorn, you're going to get a punch in the face. Stop it. <laughs> There's a time for everything. <laughs> But it's like, I, I think, hey, I, think like, I had that person on this show, so really? be careful. Okay. <laughs> like, all emotions are good, okay? But I, really, I think I think that's done. Yeah, yeah. And there will be some things that will stay in the workplace, of course, but it will force us to reimagine organizations, and I think that's amazing. Now, some will move along, others will be dragged on kicking and screaming, and others will perish as a result mm. because people also vote with their feet. So if you see organization ABC is doing some amazing stuff, you're like, you know what? Assuming they're hiring. And this is, and this is the other issue. Yeah. We have all this opportunity to reimagine things. That's a good book, by the way. Have you read that book? Is that a book? Yeah. All this, all this opportunity to reimagine things? You, you've never read the book Reimagine? No. That's one of my favorite books. You Who wrote it? Tom Peters, of all people. Oh, I'll have to look. Yeah, Reimagine, okay. full of rants. He actually, so it's nice. He rants, okay. gives us some ideas of how we can change things. Another rant moves on to another. It's actually a really good book. Oh, I love rants. Called Reimagine. Okay. I'll it's not new. To that. It's not new. It's, okay. it's been around, you know, it's probably at least 15 years old, but oh, wow. worth the read. Okay. And, and when you look at it as a, you know, and it applies across disciplines, but when you look at it, you kind of go, this is all common sense. Like we have this great opportunity and, and you kind of see why he rants because he's looking at the big picture going, no one's listening. Well, and that's the key. We need to look at the big picture. Um, and I find sometimes we get stuck in our little silos and going, well, how are we going to do things? It's like, no, no, we need to look bigger. How, how, how do we want to reimagine the whole thing? Yeah. And what will our role be in that? Yeah. And I don't necessarily that's the, have that's the, the answers, big one, isn't it? Our, what's my role in it? And I think yeah. so many people, like you said, yeah, I don't get let change. Let's do the change. And yeah, we well, need to do. Okay, let's do it. What's my role in it? Yeah. Like, what? How am I? How am I part of this activity? This discussion? And I don't mind if my activity is the fact that I'm going to be gotten rid of at some point. That's fine. But I just want to know what am I doing in here? How am I contributing so that I know that yeah, my little piece of this puzzle is X Y Z, yeah. and I and I can see it, and it's you know if you, if you know why. Well, and organizations have to reinvent themselves. Society need to reinvent themselves. Man. But we as individuals, I think, will it's also. Lot, it's a so, lot of reinvention. I know, and it's exhausting at the same but, time. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I'm thinking. I'm ready for the day where my role will come to an end. Yeah. I mean, we know that tech is replacing us. Yeah. You don't need an in university instructor. <laughs> I'm really going to get us fired now. But really, you don't. Speak for yourself. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But even psychologists, you know, you yeah. look at AI algorithms, they predict depression and anxiety better than psychologists do. Yeah. Like, we're all... Dispensable. Dispensable. So we all need to be thinking about, what can I do? What else do I have? What Like... We're in the, and you know, and that can raise a lot of anxiety, but at the same time, yeah. here's your moment. Yeah. Mm. Eek. And yeah, we, we got so much more to talk about. Uh, Louise, we're going to have to do this again. Yeah. I think that's, let's do that's, it. that's, that's, we, we just scratched the surface and this is a lot of fun. 
Yeah, <laughs> and we still need to cover like loons and Canucks yeah. and uh, barbecue. I mean, barbecue. You you, you barbecue um, when you can. When, when I can. Yeah, yeah. I met up, met up with a wonderful French gentleman the other day. Very nice, interesting. I'm not going to say because he maybe listens to the show. Okay. Actually, no, I, I should say that. It's funny because someone said, you know, as if anyone from France is listening to your show. I said, actually, I have stats, <laughs> and they do. Well, I was going to say, as if anybody from France is happy because we oh, know that they oh. score very low on the happiness rankings. You know what? I, and, and this is, so my, my wife works at a French school okay. from France. Yeah, oh. And it's incredible I mean, delightful people. Mm -hmm. By the way, I'm francophone. If anybody's going to criticize me, I can oh, speak so, on this. So, so it should have been uh, Dr. Louise Lambert. Is it Lambert? Louise Lambert. Is that, is that how did I respond? Because I just figured That's okay. So Lambert. I could pass for both. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, no, no, no I'm go. totally French. All right. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. We could have done a little French in the show. That would have been even better. Uh, right? Oui, la prochaine fois. Okay. You're on. Um, they, they're, they're following so many rules and they're so strict and things and they're just not living killing the joy out of life yeah and it's not to say no rules no. rules are good but again why do we do what we do because we've always done it are there yeah. other ways to do it probably so let's see what else works yeah we need to let go a little bit and do i think say that we're we're at a, a moment of opportunity yeah and what can he say let go and have a little dance. There we go. <laughs> Louise, we're going to do it all again. Really, truly. We're going to, we're going to make this a regular meetup. Wonderful. I love it. If you want to find out more about what we're doing, podaholics.com. www, put that at the front, makes it easier. Uh, podaholics with a K at gmail.com is how you can email us across the social. Same place. Music you're listening to, archesaudio.com. Love those guys. And we're coming to you from the Rove Hotel podcast studio. Podaholics is what you're listening to us on and the show catching up. Talk to you again soon.